Hallelujah. If we could stand to our feet for a moment. Lord, we just thank you today for your word. Holy Spirit, you are in this place. And we ask you to do what you want to do in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that this would not be just um, a lecture, Lord God, or uh, just another sermon. But I pray that it would be something that you would use to speak to every one of us and to change us and to make us more like you. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Just remain standing. I'm just going to read um, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The title of the message today is The Cry of Faith. And, um, you know, I love, I love that verse. Most of us have uh, quoted that over and over again, that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And, you know, I, I believe this, that there is a yoke-breaking, uh, burden-lifting um, uh, anointing that God has for us. Amen? And it's one that I, I believe that our generation desperately needs this anointing. Amen? It's, it's, it's absolutely vital if we want to effectively minister uh, to our world. And this anointing is released in our lives through the cry of faith. Because it's one thing uh, to be anointed, it's one thing to have the anointing, it's one thing to experience the anointing, but it's something else to actually see that anointing released in your life. And that's the way, you know, I think many believers come to that point of maybe receiving and experiencing it, but but very few of them um, uh, really see that anointing released through them. Amen? And so our, our generation is becoming increasingly disconnected from the most basic of truths, you know, denying the biological difference between male and female, you know, believing all sorts of silliness regarding gender, embracing all sorts of, of lies, uh, dangerous lies, um, you know, essentially calling uh, lies truth and truth lies. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 14 talks about how truth is fallen in the streets. And if there was ever a generation that this verse described and was speaking of, I believe it's speaking of ours because the further our society goes from God's word, the more confused and deluded it becomes. Because you see, Jesus is the light of the world. And his word brings light, and it brings life into our lives and into our society. You see, God's word is truth, and it's light. And so when our society uh, turns from the Bible, it turns from light into darkness, from truth and uh, unto lies. And so it doesn't matter how educated or sophisticated or, or, or cultured that we may think that we are, we are in darkness without Jesus, God's eternal word. Again, John 8 and verse 12, Jesus said, um, uh, then Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise over you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And so here the Bible talks about in the end days that, that God's glory will, will come upon us. But it also acknowledges the darkness, amen, that, that that will characterize the end times. And so it, 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 Isaiah speaks of, of, of the darkness that will cover the earth in the end days. And while we can see it literally all around us, this isn't our focus because the glory will be upon us even while the darkness is around us. Why? Because there is work for us to do. Amen? If, 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 if all God wanted to do was, uh, you know, if he was finished with this planet, he would simply take us up to be with him and that time will come where, you know, the, the rapture of the church will happen and the, the wrath of God will be poured out. But until then, we have work to do and we must be about our our father's business and in case you don't realize our father's business is souls that is God's focus and that must be ours in these days in Jesus name Luke chapter 19 and verse 13 let me say that our focus must be souls not vaccines or viruses or anything else amen thank you for those two amens come on give a shout of praise to the Lord that's our focus amen don't lose your focus I mean, we've got to be focused on, on winning our world to Jesus Christ. 
Okay, so Luke chapter 19 and 13 says, Occupy till I come. But in order to do this effectively, we must stand in faith for our children, our families, our our neighbors, our colleagues, our nations, our generation, amen? Because the cry of faith prevails when nothing else will. Because like I've said, there is a yoke-breaking anointing, but many people don't know how to release the anointing. And again, like I said, the, the anointing is released through the cry of faith. Because just as every parent that is here today knows, there is a cry you can ignore, and then there is one when you hear it, you immediately drop whatever you're doing to go to help, amen? And so too, the cry of faith gets God's attention. When the cry of fear or the cry of frustration is ignored and that simply describes many believers that you know your prayer is nothing more than a cry of frustration or a cry of fear or a cry of complaint but let me tell you something there is something about the cry of faith that gets heaven's attention Amen? So again, people, just engage with this today. I believe the Lord will speak to you. Amen? He'll speak to you. I I believe this is key if we want to step into our destiny and if we want to see the change in our society that that all of us desire and that, you know, that God has promised us. You know, last night I had a dream and I I was standing just before the service started and and there was just crowds and crowds of, of people coming to church and it just, it did my heart so much. It's good because how many of you know from next Sunday we can have a thousand people here? Amen. So, glory to Jesus, you better get used to having people shoulder to shoulder again. Get over that obsessive fear of being around human beings. Amen. We, we weren't designed to live like that. Amen. We were designed to be around each other. Amen. And there's, there's something about when the people of God come together, like the Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name. Amen. So, I encourage you next Sunday. Invite some of your heathen friends in Jesus' name. Some of your some of your backslidden family. Amen. Some of your neighbors or your colleagues. Amen. Just bring them to church in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So anyway, um, the cry of faith prevails. Amen. So Mark chapter 1 verse 3 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. You see, there's something about the cry of faith that pierces the heavens and moves the very heart of God. And so I want us to read Psalm 30. And um, Psalm 30 is, is, is really um, the foundational scripture for this message. And verse 1, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and you have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You've kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us have been through that long night of weeping, but you know what? Joy is coming in Jesus' name. Change is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Favor is coming. How many of you believe that today? Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, I I think next week you'll benefit from having to have 12 people um, uh, with you. 10 o'clock seems to be a little muted. Maybe you're all still a little asleep. But, um, you know, the people that come at 1230 there, you can hear them when they sing. You can hear them when they shout, you know. But, um, of course, they've had a few more hours in bed. So anyway, hopefully we'll find a happy medium next week when we all come together. But anyway, um, you know, this verse is a reminder that we're not the first generation to see problems and we won't be the last. You know, I love that phrase, this too shall pass. Again, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, weeping only endures for a season. Tough times don't last forever, amen? Because if we can persist, if we can stand, then we will see the victory. Ephesians 6.13 says, after having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen? If if you will stand, if you will keep on standing, you will win. Amen? You stand in the sunshine, you stand in the storm. Why? Because you believe God is faithful. He will come true. Amen? If you will simply believe, he will bring you through this. You know, verse 1 says, I will extol you, Lord, for you have lifted me up 
and you've not let my foes rejoice over me. Oh God, oh Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me, amen? And so again, I, I love that verse first. It says, I will extol you. You see, the psalmist is going through some, some tough times, you know, but he is, even so, he is cho- choosing to lift God up. That word extol means to lift or to praise. In the Hebrew, it means to lift up. It means to rise, raise, exalt, hold up, promote, set up high or tall. And so again, I, I believe it's telling us to magnify the Lord, not our problems, not our past. Let's magnify God. Too many times we're magnifying everything that's going wrong. We're magnifying the devil. No, let's magnify the Lord like the Bible says in Jesus' name. You see, it takes faith to praise the Lord even in tough times. Because sometimes you won't feel like praising God. Especially when things aren't going your way or everything's going wrong in your life. But this is why the psalmist said in Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He didn't say I praise him sometimes. I praise him a lot of the time. He said I will bless the Lord at all times. Could we just praise the Lord for a moment? Come on, give God a shout of praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I will bless the Lord at all all times that means in good times and in bad because if you're one of these people who have to has you know who have to have everything right in your life before you praise the lord you're not going to get far you know the amount of times i've met people you know as a pastor you know people who just disappeared off the grid uh, you know you didn't see them for three months and said well where you been oh pastor i was going through something you know that's like saying i i will i, I need to get better before i go to hospital you know before i go to hospital no if you're sick that's where you need to go and if you're a believer this is where you need to be among god's people in jesus name not not shivering in fear at, at your home looking through the curtains as a lot of people have done for the last year. No, don't live your life like that. Listen, you can lock yourself in your home. This is for whoever's at home, amen. I'm just saying, you can lock yourself at home for the next 10 years. You're eventually gonna die. You're gonna be taken out of the house in a box, amen. I prefer to walk out and live my life in Jesus' name. So anyway, let's live our life for God. Let's live for his purpose. Because let me say this, if you have to come into church, you know, in your hands and your knees, then do it, amen? Because there's something supernatural happens when God's people gets together, amen? Because when we lift him up, he lifts us. When we put the name of Jesus on our lips, the devil starts looking for the exit, amen? Hallelujah, there's power in the name of Jesus. Just say that name today. Come on, just say that name, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. You know, Philippians 2 and 10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just say that today, Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, amen, hallelujah. We need to live like he is Lord. Thank you, Jesus, amen. He is Lord, he is Lord in heaven, he is Lord in earth, he is Lord even under the earth. Glory to God, every name in heaven, earth, and hell has to submit to the name of Jesus. And that is why when we begin to praise the Lord, the devil starts to get nervous because he knows this, chains will break, burdens will be lifted, demons will flee, the despair and depression will leave, and sickness will be healed if you will only praise the Lord if you will only utter a cry of faith. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Is it okay if I preach to you today? You know, some of you are literally just one cry of faith away from your breakthrough. You're one cry of faith away from living in your new home, from getting out of debt, from receiving that healing. You're just one cry of faith away. And that is why the devil wants to take your praise. That's why he wants to silence your voice. No, in Jesus' name. Okay, when we lift him, when we lift the Lord, he lifts us. You may feel like you have nothing in the natural to praise the Lord for, but let me tell you this, you're not going to hell. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. God the Father, the creator of the universe knows your name. Not only that, he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they're plans for good and not for evil to give you hope in the future. You see, we have everything to be optimistic about. We have everything to rejoice over because Jesus Christ is Lord and we are saved. 
If you're a member of the family of God, if you are redeemed, you need to say so. Psalm 107 verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There is, you know, Jill in the next service is gonna be talking about, you know, the power of your words. Sometimes you need to rise up and say, back off devil, I have been redeemed in Jesus' name. Sickness, you got no place in me. The depression, you gotta go in Jesus' name. Devil, take your hands off my body, off my mind, off my marriage, off my nation in Jesus' name. Amen, hallelujah. You need to say no sickness, no depression, no fear, no lack. I have been redeemed. You need to lift up a cry of faith. You know, verse two again, oh Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. You see, there's something about when we cry out to him that we connect with his provision. We connect with his power because sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and yet nothing is happening because we're simply just going through the motions. We're seeing no real change because we've fallen into a rut. You know, prayer has simply become a routine and we're not praying in faith. You know, Hebrews 4 and verse 2 says, for unto you the gospel was preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it, because sometimes your mix is bad. You can have all the right ingredients for a miracle, but because if you're not in faith, it's not going to work. You, you have to release your faith, amen? And until you learn to release your faith, nothing will change. Isaiah 58 and 4, indeed you fast for strife and debate, and you strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. You see, the, the cry of faith is heard on high when all other voices are ignored. You know, the voice of self-pity, the voice of complaint, the voice of self-righteousness or self-confidence will go unanswered, but the cry of faith will bring you to the front of the queue. You know, Psalm 30 in verse 2, I cried out to the Lord and he healed me. The psalmist cried out to God and his cry was answered because he cried in faith. Because the cry of faith causes all of heaven to mobilize on your behalf and bring the answers that we so desperately need in our moment, amen, of, of need. And so it's important to know that it was a cry of faith and not a cry of frustration or, or a whimper of unbelief. And again, like I said, don't assume the promises of God will simply come to pass for you. You know, the children of Israel were promised the land and yet they all died in the wilderness except for Caleb and Joshua. Amen. You know, Jude chapter 3 talks about contending for the faith. We have to contend for the faith. We have to contend for the move of God. You know, we have to contend for our destiny, for our family, for the move of God in our nation because the devil doesn't like church. We've seen that over the last year and a half. He didn't seem to have a problem with you know, uh, abortion facilities or off licenses or, or any of these other places, but you know what? The churches were closed. And not only that, when the churches were allowed back, we were told you're not allowed to sing. You see, the devil doesn't like church and you know, he doesn't want churches to grow. He doesn't want people to come to church. He doesn't want people to hear the gospel. He doesn't want people to get saved, come up the aisle and you know, receive healing or deliverance from satanic oppression. You know, he doesn't want you know, marriages healed and you know kids set free from drugs and that's why we'll do everything to keep churches small divided and ineffective and that is why we have to contend for the move of God that's why four years ago we came into this stadium this was a statement of intent to the kingdom of darkness we're not in competition with any other church we're in competition with the bars and the brothels and the nightclubs and the drug pushers and everybody else because we have a message that can change people's lives Amen? And we came here because we're believing to, re to reach thousands of people in this city of Dublin. You know, I don't, I don't accept when people say, oh, Pastor John, you're not in America, or you're not in South America. No, I'm right here. The promises of God work right here. If you believe them, if you cry out in faith, come on, we serve a living God who answers prayer. We serve the God who answers by fire. We're gonna see a glorious move of God's spirit in our generation. We have to contend for the move of God. You know, 14 years ago, my wife, myself, we started this church, and we discovered, like Martin Luther, that one, God plus one, is enough. Because, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. 
A lot of believers, you know, they wonder why they go from one unmitigated disaster to another. Well, you know, John 10.10 says, Satan comes to rob, to kill, to destroy. He is not playing games even if you are. He is going for this generation. You know, that's why we're going to the street next Saturday. We want, to, we want to win souls. But I know this. The number one reason why people come to church is somebody else invite them. You mightn't be able to make that outreach, but I guarantee you there's two or three people you can invite for next Sunday morning. And like I said, we got 1,000 seats. We're allowed 50% capacity, so that's 1,000, you know. So let's see this place filled in Jesus' name. Amen? But anyway... When we see kids getting hooked on drugs, buying into this gender confusion, you know, embracing all kinds of immoral um, ideologies, philosophies, and lifestyles, you know, marriages breaking down, the spread of witchcraft, you know, I've seen a few advertisements for Sky and these other things for autumn. You know, I, I, you know, I believe the next push is the normalization of witchcraft, Satanism, pedophilia, all these other things. And, um, but anyway, the, you know, the devil can do what he wants, but you know what? We have the truth. And this is why we must realize the devil isn't playing games, even if we are. Amen. Even if the church is, we have to move beyond the protocol, the routine, and the ritual of prayer and press in faith for a move of God's spirit. I mean a genuine move of God's spirit where, where you know, people are weeping, people are, 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 are being broken, people are being saved, people are being healed, people are being delivered, where people are not walking out the same way as they walk into church. Amen. Where we're having an impact in our society. But we have to step into the move of God. We have to contend for revival just like Elijah he contended he wasn't afraid of confrontation you know there's a lot of ministers afraid of confrontation oh pastor don't make waves you know you don't want to offend government I don't care who I offend I want to proclaim the truth if it offends you be offended because the Bible says it's the truth that sets you free God forbid that I would I, I, I can't understand, you know, the way some people decide they, they can somehow, um, you know, decide what truth to, to, to preach and what not to preach because it's become uh, culturally unpopular or politically incorrect. No, your job as a preacher is to proclaim truth. What people do with it is up to them. But you know what, they, they, you know, Paul said, you know, uh, God forbid that I, that I should not preach the gospel. So anyway, um, we have to contend for revival. You know, Elijah built the altar by faith. He cried out in faith, and it was God who sent the fire. You see, because to every miracle, there's our part, and there's God's part. And it takes faith to step out, you know, to break ground, to pioneer, to pray for rain, particularly when it hasn't been seen for years. 1 Kings 18.41, Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Hallelujah. You see, Elijah was tuned into heaven, and therefore he heard what nobody else could hear. He could see what nobody else could see, and, and so too, Elijah was contending. He was pressing in there. Amen. It takes faith. You know, uh, like I said, 1 Kings 18.43, and he said to his servant, uh, go up now, look towards the sea, and he went up and looked and said there's nothing that's the way some people are right now you know you look at Ireland you say there's nothing we're just dry bones you know it looks like there's no move of God well I'll tell you something there is a move of God coming that is unprecedented and the world is going to see what God does here in Ireland in Jesus name he said there is nothing and you know what he said go again seven times Go again, go again, go again. And eventually, you know what? He said, there's the cloud the size of a man's hand. And you know what? Praise God, a mighty rain came after three and a half years. It takes faith to go again, to preach again, to reach out again, to turn up again. I remember those early days of starting our church, going every week and praying that there'd be somebody there for our service. But you know what, I kept turning up. I kept going to the street. I kept preaching. I kept praying. I kept crying out in faith. And we're here because we've pressed through hell in Jesus' name. This doesn't just happen. We've pressed through some things. Amen? Hallelujah. And we're going to see God's glory. It takes faith to cry out to God because the Bible says the earth should be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
You see, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. You see, it's, it's time for us to cry out for nations. He said, ask me, I will give you the nations. God isn't finished with this nation, and I don't buy into this lie that the devil is, is taking everything over because that isn't how it ends. We will see a glorious revival, a glorious awakening, men and women filled with his spirit. And this is why the cry of faith is so important. Young people, you know, I don't know, a lot of the teens are in, in their own service today, but you know what? We need to learn to cry out for our generation. John 12 and 3, then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You see, there is a fragrance on the lives of those who cry out to God in faith. There is a fragrance upon people who, who walk by faith, people of prayer. There's just something about them. There's a freshness. There's a fragrance. You see, the cry of faith is what releases the anointing and changes our situation. She broke the alabaster uh, flask, and it says the environment was changed. It says the room was filled with the fragrance of, of that anointing. We need to learn how to release the anointing because it's the cry of faith that releases it. Because, again, you can pray a prayer that's biblical, but if it's not infused with faith, it won't be answered. Hebrews 11:6. without faith, it's impossible to please him. We can't please God if we have no faith. That's why Jesus said in Luke 8 and verse 50, don't be afraid, only believe. Amen? And so in spite of what you see or feel or hear, <coughs> believe. Because God doesn't answer our prayer because we cry or complain or feel sorry for ourselves. He is not moved by pity or sympathy. He's moved by faith. <coughs> Excuse me. Hallelujah. God is moved by faith. Some of you might think, well, God, you must really feel sorry for me in my situation. No, he doesn't. He's waiting for you to cry out to him in faith. He's waiting for you to cry out to him in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say this. When we cry out to God, in faith, we connect with God's power, God's provision, God's glory. And that's why, you know, Rainer Bonnke said, a fly can sit on a coal stove all day long, but when you light that stove, a fly is not going to go near that. And that's why, you know, a lot of believers say, oh, I'm struggling with demons, I'm struggling with devils. Well, you know, get on fire and there's no devil will go near you because when you connect with the power of God, when you get red hot, the devil is not going to touch you. Why? Become, you become too hot to handle. You know, I don't have time to go there, but first uh, Samuel chapter 30 talks about David. You know, how the devil, you know, the enemy came in and, you know, he took everything, including, uh, you know, their children, their wives, everything. David wept until he had no more power to weep. But when he was finished with weeping, nothing had changed. Things actually had got worse because the men spoke of stoning him. But, you know, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what David did? David began to cry out to God. It says David inquired of the Lord. You see, things only changed when David inquired of the Lord, when he began to seek the face of God, when he began to cry out in faith. We need to learn how to encourage ourselves. You know, we need to quote the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above only, I'm not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Glory to God. If God be for me, who can be against me? I am blessed because the word of God says so. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what my bank account says. I am blessed in Jesus' name. Let God be true and every man a liar. We need to learn how to connect with God's power by, by declaring his word by faith. We need to encourage ourselves. We need to use what we have. Luke chapter 18 tells us the story of blind Bartimaeus. And it says, and um, praise you Jesus. Verse 35, um, it happened as he was coming near Jericho, there's a certain blind man by the roadside begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had seen him, he, he asked him saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. 
your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, gave praise to God. I love that story because you know what? Blind Bartimaeus used what he had. He used his ears and he used his voice to get the attention of God. He couldn't see Jesus, so he just kept crying out by faith. He, he gave a cry of faith and eventually when Jesus was passing by, because he had persisted, Jesus stood still and asked him what he wanted. Amen. You know, 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Bible talks about Goliath. 40 days, 40 nights, he intimidated the Israeli army. He spoke and said, you know, give me a man to fight. You know, he defied, I defied the armies of the living God. You know, the first person to, to speak to the giant was David. You know, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know, when the Philistine said, you know, in, in, uh, when David went to face him, he said, you know, am I, am I a dog? Do you come to me with sticks? And he said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, he essentially told David, I'm going to kill you. David responds by, by speaking words of faith again. And he said, you know, this day I'm going to take your head from your shoulders and you know the, uh, the, the army is going to be defeated and the people are going to realize that you know that it's not by sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's and um, uh, you know so we have this this powerful declaration of, of faith and um, you know David said to the Philistine again the first record of anybody speaking to the Philistine was David and um, and, and it says, uh, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. This day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God of Israel. Then all the assembly shall know the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. David David dared to use his voice. You see, Israel had been listening to the voice of the enemy for 40 days, 40 nights. And as a result, they were paralyzed by fear. Um, you know, and this is the problem, is when we listen to the voice of our giant, we listen to the voice of our enemy. But along comes David, who is full of faith, and he's the first one to speak back to the giant. Let me say this, your giant needs to hear your voice, whatever that giant may be. It may be sickness, it may be debt, it may be fear. Your giant needs to hear your voice, why? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. David came with the cry of faith. He released his faith. He used his voice. You know, Jesus said, Mark 11, 22, 23, you know, whatever you ask when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatever he saith. You know, that's a very sobering um, realization that you will have what you say, positive or negative, amen? So we need to speak words of faith because too many times we're talking to God about our mountain instead of talking to our mountain about God and telling our mountain what to do, move in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Cancer, go. Fear, be gone. Depression, flee in Jesus' name. Do you honor the Lord? Do you honor him? Just like the woman who broke the alabaster flask in Luke chapter 7. You know, I don't have time to go there. We know the story, but you know, this was probably the most valuable thing this woman had. She broke the flask. And, you know, she had made a complete mess of her life, but she came to Jesus. And, and that's the wonderful thing. We serve a Savior who can turn your mess into a miracle. Glory to God. He can turn your test into a testimony. And, and it says... And behold, the woman in the city who was a sinner, she had a reputation. She knew that Jesus sat in the table at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and to wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. You know, th th this was a woman who, she had made mistakes, but she understood honor. You know, like I said, it was the most valuable thing she had, and she broke it. She had made a mess of her life. She had a reputation. This is why the Pharisee looked down on her. But you see, this act was a cry of faith from someone who had made one bad decision after another, but she understood the principle of honor. And that is why Jesus brought it up with the Pharisee. The Pharisee hadn't honored Jesus. He hadn't washed Jesus' feet. And this woman came, and she honored him. I want to ask you this today. Do you honor the Lord? Do you 
honor the Lord are like so many others. Are you just going through the motions in your prayer, your worship, your giving? Because there is a cost to honoring the Lord. If you believe the gospel, you will support the gospel. Amen. You will pray. You will give. You will serve. Do you acknowledge the presence of God in your life? You know, as you're going to your job, as you're minding your kids, as you're, you know, going to college. Uh, I love you, Lord. I thank you. I'm so grateful to be saved. Do you, do you acknowledge and include him and seek him on a daily basis? Because there's something about people who praise the Lord. There's something about people who honor the Lord. You know, there's an anointing upon them and it's released through them. You see, this woman understood honor, and sadly, the Pharisee didn't, you know, because this is the thing I've come to realize. The anointing on your life as a minister isn't defined by how many people come to your church, uh, or how well known you you are, or what your title is. This is the thing. You know, if you're a man or woman of faith, heaven knows your name. Second Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. You see, 1 Samuel 16, 7, God doesn't look at the thing man looks at, God looks at the heart. God is looking at your heart and he is looking for faith. He's not looking for perfection because none of us are perfect, amen, in, in and of ourselves or in our flesh at least. Yes, we're made perfect in God's sight through the blood, but again, you know, God is looking for faith. And you know, God doesn't look at the thing man looks at. God is looking at your faith, not your title or your credentials. You know, as a minister, when I get around other ministers, the very first question you'll be generally given is, how many people come to your church? And that question determines how important you are. It determines where you are in the pecking order. It determines whether other ministers are even going to actually listen to you or not. And I think that's very sad. You know, because again, what matters is your anointing, not your title, not how many people come to your church. What is important, your importance is determined by your obedience to God. Do you honor God? Do you serve God? Do you love God? Is his presence in your life? Because again, like the woman with the alabaster flask, it is, it is worship and faith that gets God's attention. Give me two minutes and I'm finished. Her faith was expressed through breaking a box. And for the last 2,000 years, we haven't focused on the learned Pharisee. Rather, we have contemplated and reflected on the story of this broken woman who encountered God's grace and whose faith touched the heart of God. It was a cry of faith that accessed God's grace and mercy. Remember, we're all saved by grace. This woman was excluded. She was disqualified. She was judged as worthless. And yet Jesus saw something of worth in this woman because there's something about the cry of faith that heaven hears. Heaven hears the cry of faith. You know, Luke 18, 13, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says that man, was heard when the Pharisee who was so full of himself was ignored. Smith Wigglesworth, there's something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people to get to you. I believe God is gonna do miracles in this place today in Jesus' name because when we give a cry of faith, all of heaven hears you. Amen. All of heaven hears you. There's something about the cry of faith that touches heaven and changes earth. There's something about the cry of faith that shakes the very foundations of hell. I don't have time to go there, but you know, 1 Samuel chapter 1 talks about the story of Hannah, and she was a woman with a burden, and she prayed, and she gave a cry of faith to God. And interestingly, her voice wasn't even heard. It said Eli was watching her, and he thought she was drunk because her lips were moving, but you couldn't hear her voice. Her prayer, Hannah's prayer wasn't long, and it wasn't loud, but it was infused with faith. And in the same way, the cry of faith doesn't have to be long or loud, but it has to be filled with faith if it's going to be heard because you can pray all night to God in unbelief, amen, Uh, to no avail, and yet you can receive an answer with a short and a simple and even a silent prayer. Some of the most silent, some of the most powerful prayers we've ever prayed have been those, you know, one sentence silent prayers when you're standing before your boss or in some situation where you can't speak out loud and yet God heard you, amen. You see, this woman came to do business with God. You know, Hannah came to do business with God. She wasn't paralyzed by by introspection or limited by fear. She didn't feel sorry for herself. Instead, she pressed in with a heartfelt cry to God. You know, I remember a number of years ago, we had three young kids 
and, and we, we had signed for a building and we were, the recession happened and you know, the bottom fell out of everything and we were really, really struggling to, to pay the bills. I remember I rang my solicitor and he was screaming down the phone to me, shut it down. But you know, when something has been born of God, you know, I'd fire in my bones and I'd hope in my heart, but you know, I really had no reason for hope because it was a hopeless situation. We were in debt and we were going, every week we were going further into debt, but we cried out. We lifted a, a, a cry of faith to heaven, amen? I remember, like I said, we had a, a, a little glass case for the Bible that had a sign saying recession-proof promises, you know? And, and, and like I said, it looked like nothing was changing in the natural, but one Sunday, once I just kept turning up by faith. My wife and myself, we just kept turning up by faith. One Sunday, there was no more people there than normal. We had probably 30, 40 people in the church, but we took up an offering, and to this day, we don't know how, but that offering completely cleared that debt. And all I can say is, you know what? Look what the Lord has done. We see, we lifted up a cry of faith. And you know, in the same way, in the same way, you know, by, by, by faith, we must, we must cry out. We, mu we must trust. This is the interesting thing. The solicitor said, shut down. But you know what? The solicitor shut down and we stayed open. Amen? And the only reason we are here today is because we learned to cry out to God in tough places and dark times because we serve a God who answers the cry of faith. Could somebody say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. You know, 1 John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, by faith we stand. By faith we move forward. By faith we conquer. By faith we overcome. And you know, in the same way, if you will only lift up a cry of faith to God today, we can see a move of God. We can see our generation swept in with a move of God's spirit. You know, Eli completely missed what God was doing in that moment. This woman was praying a prayer that would literally shake Israel and the nations and the generations that would follow. And yet, because he had no discernment, he missed what God was doing. You know, and this is why it's so important we are awake, you know, to, to God, that we learn how to cry out to God by faith. Romans 7, 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You see, even the apostle Paul, so greatly used by God, was at the place where he was frustrated by the flesh. Hands up, anyone here who's been frustrated by the flesh? Nobody wants to put their hand up. But you know what? All of us have been frustrated at times by the flesh. You know, but this is the thing. Paul cries out to God for breakthrough and God shows him the answer. And the answer isn't found in eloquence or wisdom. It's found in Christ crucified. And that's why Paul said, God forbid, in, in, in Galatians 6.14, that I should boast, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul said, if I'm going to boast in something, I'm going to boast in the cross. 1 Corinthians 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, even Jesus, as the worship group come forward, even Jesus cried out to the Father by faith. Hebrews 4, 7, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears. You know, Jesus cried out to the Father. You know, Mark 15 and 34, and the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which has been tra translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, in life and even in death, Christ cried out to the Father. Do you know he was quoting Psalm 22? And Psalm 22, 33 separate prophecies contained in that one short psalm were fulfilled when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And this is why I don't believe that when Jesus was quoting that, that it was a cry of frustration or a cry of unbelief or a cry of anger. Rather, it was one final cry of faith to his heavenly Father. Because Psalm 22 starts with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it ends with a note of triumph. It ends in a note of triumph. Because you know what? You may be going through some things today. You may be struggling in your marriage or in your health or you may have all sorts of things going on in your life and you may say, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you something. Look to Jesus and lift up a cry of faith to him because he is faithful and those who trust in him will never be put to shame. Amen. 
you, you will not be put to shame. And that's why I want you to stand to your feet today. You know, the Bible says, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I'm sorry, we've run out of time. But I know this, you know, the Lord sees you. He sees your need. He sees your situation. And I want us, you know, to lift up a cry of faith to the Lord today. Lift up your situation. Lift up your family. Lift up your colleagues. Lift up your children. Lift up whatever that problem is to the Lord right now. Come on. I want to hear your voice. Don't be silent in this moment. Lift up your voice to the Lord right now. We need to learn how to cry out to Him by faith. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be loud. But just cry out to Him. Lift up your need to Him in Jesus' name because He loves you and He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to meet your need in Jesus' name. We thank you for every person in this place today, Lord. You love them. You've called them. You have a plan for them. You see them. You see their struggle. You see their situation. And Lord, come on. People pray. Lift your voice. We need to learn how to pray, people. We need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to press through. Come on. Lift your voice to the Lord. Lift your voice to the Lord. Lift your voice in prayer to the Lord. Amen. We're going to see a mighty move of God's Spirit. But we have to learn how to pray. Just like David, we have to use our voice. In Jesus' name, Lord, we cry out to you today, Lord God. We cry out to you for Ireland. We cry out to you for this nation, Lord. Lord God, we cry out to you for this nation. Lord God, move in this time. Move in this generation, Lord God. Let awakening come. Let, re let repentance come to our people. Forgive us for the sin that we have celebrated. Forgive us as a church for being silent when we need to speak. Forgive us as ministers for our cowardness, our cowardice, and our weakness, and our compromise, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we come to the cross. We bring our weakness. We bring our failure. We bring our shortcoming. We bring our sin. And we say, Lord, forgive us, Lord God. We cry out to you today for Ireland. We cry out to you for the United Kingdom. We cry out for Europe and, and Central South. North America. We cry out for, for Australia today, Lord God. We cry out for the nations, the Middle East and Africa, Lord. We cry out, Lord. We cry out, Lord God. Oh, Father, we ask for nations. Give us nations, Lord God. We pray, we pray, Lord, fill the stadium in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Save our children, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, move in our nation. Move in our families. Move in our churches. In Jesus' name. If you need a miracle, just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, I thank you for miracles right now. Thank you for miracles right now. Cry out to the Lord. Come on. Whatever you need, just tell the Lord what you need. Lord, hallelujah, heal, deliver, save, provide, lead, guide, fill. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle. Receive it in Jesus' name. Just receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you believe that, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's lift our voice to the Lord. Every eye closed, if you, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't have that assurance that heaven is your home, that Jesus is your Lord, but today you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Remember, as He hung there on that cross, He said, Father, forgive them. That included you. That cry of faith included your eternal soul. You have an eternal soul and you will spend eternity somewhere. I want to give you an opportunity 
Don't die without Jesus. Don't live without Jesus. So if you've never received Jesus as Savior, lift your hand up high and I'm going to pray for you today. Amen. Is there any person in this place you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord? Could you just put your hand up high? Everybody else put your hand down just to avoid confusion. Can everybody put your hand down unless you want to accept Jesus? Can you hear me? Please. We're, we're really tight for time. I need to, I just don't want anybody to leave here today. Just put your hand down. Okay, if you want to accept Jesus, put your hand up. Okay, hallelujah. Anybody here want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior? Amen, I see this person. Anybody else today? The Lord wants to change your life, but you have to respond. You have to have the courage to say yes. So if you want Jesus as Savior, put your hand up. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, could this young lady, just come down to the front and we're going to pray with you. Amen. Hallelujah. You're already saved? Are you saved or not? You are saved? Jesus. You, are you her friend? Do you know if she's a believer? She's not. Do you want to come down? Praise God. Give her an encouragement. Come on. You can come down here to the front. Just stretch your hand towards these ladies. I want Patricia, Patricia, if you can come behind, please. Praise God, Tanya, if you can stand behind these ladies. Just, just pray this simple prayer with me today. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart that you were born of a virgin, that you lived a perfect life, and that when you died on the cross, you died in my place, bearing my sin and shame. Come into my life, Lord Jesus Christ, and forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We love you. Hope to see you next Sunday. Ladies, just pray a blessing over them. And uh, remember, invite some of your friends next Sunday. Let's go for a thousand in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.